Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. another episode of the Coffee and Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, the caffeinated Clint Robison. This is, of course, the podcast where I tend to try to look at a comic and give it a little bit of a review and discussion in the span of time it takes to have a little coffee break. There's a lot of littles in there. This time around, I'll be checking out Over the Edge number 7 from Marvel Comics. Oh, yes, good old 90s. Pretty sure I've talked about Over the Edge, either on this show or way back in the olden days of the Coffee and Comics blog. You know, that thing that's still around, but not really updated at all. But, for those unaware, this wasn't even a dollar book. This was 99 cents. That's right, saving you that penny. And of course, like I said, it is from way back in the 90s. Over the Edge was one of those books that served as a means of introducing readers to characters. Over the Edge rotated through characters from Daredevil's cast, Doctor Strange, Hulk, and Ghost Rider. But this one specifically is a Doctor Strange story. So, jumping right into it, this story is titled Breathless Nights. Script by John Rosam, pencils by Stephen Jones, inks by Mike Witherby and Ralph Cabrera, colors by Glennis Oliver, and letters by John Babcock. A young woman by the name of Sally seeks out Dr. Strange's help with her problem. It seems her ex-boyfriend, Sherwood, has been killing any man she tries to date. Uh, Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. How is this Strange's business, though? Well, it seems Sherwood has gone from just a mild interest in the occult to actually figuring out how to summon spirits and demons to get the job done. Strange's investigation leads him to finding out Sherwood is actually manipulating creatures from Nightmare's realm. Yeah, go figure. Nightmare, however, is not at home. It seems he has left his dimension in order to pursue a romance with an Earth Woman. Oh, it's uh, almost as hard to believe as Strange and Nightmare teaming up, but both are happening in these very pages. Strange leaves his physical body in order for them to confront Sherwood in the Dream Realm. When they do confront him, though, it turns out Sherwood has sent a Dream Demon to attack Strange's physical form. Strange and Nightmare split up, Strange chasing Sherwood into Sally's dreams, and Nightmare 
protecting, not projecting, Nightmare protecting Strange's body. Strange leaves Sally's dream in favor of appearing in Sherwood's apartment to shock him awake and erase the pages of all Sherwood's magic books, thus eliminating the threat to Sally or anyone else. Nightmare proves that he is on the straight and narrow by protecting Strange's body. But Sherwood, in true Nightmare on Elm Street fashion, is doing everything he can to try and stay awake. Because the moment he slips into slumber, he becomes Nightmare's prisoner. And Nightmare has much to discuss with Sherwood for daring to usurp his power. Alright, so let's take a quick little promo break and I'll be back with my thoughts. Need a podcast talking about weird stuff? Well, then we've got just the thing for you. Into the Weird, a podcast chronicling the madness and magnificence of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age of comics. Featuring the voice talents of Mr. Billy Delicious. Hola. Mr. Herman Hellstrom Lowe. Hey there. And straight from the long box of darkness, his infernal majesty Dormammu. You might be thinking, aren't all comics infused with a grain of weirdness? I mean, Reed Richards can stretch every single part of his body, right? And why did Ultron design the vision with working genitalia? Well, you would be correct, but Into the Weird isn't just any regular comic book show, folks. We focus on the really bizarre. Here are a few examples. A sword and sorcery barbarian grown spontaneously from a jar of peanut butter. A duck running for president of the United States. Benjamin Franklin playing hide the sausage with Doctor Strange's girlfriend, Clea. A giant-sized man-thing lamenting the death of a clown. A serial killer obsessed with killing only fools, dressed as cavalier with laser guns after witnessing a priest fornicating. And so much more. So if you like the wonderful weirdness of the Bronze Age from 1970 to 1985, and characters such as Ghost Rider, Morbius, The Defenders, Man-Thing, Son of Satan, Skull the Slayer, Kill Raven, Howard the Duck, and the weird granddaddy of them all, Dr. Stephen Strange, then this is the show for you. ITW's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and TuneIn. Hit subscribe and join us for a comic-filled jaunt into the weird. Wow, what a story, right? Okay, so maybe the synopsis didn't make as much sense as I wanted, but honestly, I was trying to pack a lot into a small time space. And I, when I say a lot, I mean it. This is a short story, like all the over-the-edge issues, you know, just a single one-and-done. But this was a really big story. Okay, okay. Let me start with the overall story here. John Rosam spins a tale here that hooked me from the start. The stuff with Sally and Sherwood doesn't even really begin up until page three of this issue. You know, like a 22-page comic of the time. But he easily establishes who Strange is, what he does, and a bit about what to expect. The story about a vengeful ex killing people in their sleep with dream demons is freaky deaky. 
but cool as heck. It's exactly the kind of stuff I want from a Doctor Strange story. Not everything has to be a cosmic crisis where he battles Dormammu. Sometimes a simple occult detective story is all that's needed to satisfy a comic's craving. The plot point about Nightmare dating the woman was far more interesting than I thought it would be. It's actually nuanced. As Edvard, Nightmare seems eccentric and charming, but his girlfriend has seen part of his darker nature and is afraid to leave him. He seems to actually want to try and win her love back, thus his decisions to help Strange on Strange's terms. It's a bold move, and I'm happy for it. I haven't read much of Doctor Strange in this era outside of these over-the-edge appearances, but honestly, if this is the level of enjoyment I can expect, then maybe I should. The art, however, is less enjoyable. This is not to say it is bad. It's just variable. In some points, Doctor Strange and Nightmare are perfectly on model for what can be seen throughout the Marvel Universe at this time. But other times, both characters look bulkier than normal. Yes, I realize this is 1996, but come on! Nightmare doesn't need big, bulging muscles. In fact, quite the opposite. But my bigger complaint comes from Doctor Strange's coat. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, this is the era when his cloak of levitation has the appearance of a trench coat. Because it's 1996, that's why. It's actually a really neat departure from the traditional Doctor Strange look. But the problem is, it is supposed to be this rather form-fitting thing on Steven Svelte's frame. And in several panels, the coat appears bulky and wide as if it's being worn by Frank Castle or Benjamin J. Grimm. But with all that said, the art actually does stay enjoyable throughout. The colors are well done. There are no problems with the lettering at all. All very good and true. I could complain about the nightshirt and panties bit when Sherwood enters Sally's dream, but it's not done in an overly gratuitous way. But it still might not sit well with all readers. Just saying. <sighs> still, if it's the biggest complaint that anyone has that this will be an, an excellent comic to read, you know. If that's all you can complain about, you'll enjoy it. So I'm telling you to go hunt this down. Right? Obviously. Hunt it down like Nightmare hunts down Sherwood's dreams, dang it. Even the most casual Doctor Strange fan, i.e. me, will be thrilled with reading it. Alright, so let's take another quick promo break and I'll be back with some listener feedback. You are receiving a transmission from The Rod Pod. Upload pending. 
Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. All right, and we're back with the feedback portion. As a reminder, last episode was just me, um, well, catching up on some feedback. And believe it or not, we got feedback on the feedback. I got likes, shares, retweets, and all that from Gregory Litchfield and Drew Thulu. If I missed anybody, let me know. Uh, Greg actually even left us a message on Twitter. It says, Hi Clinton, here's some feedback. You may not get your Coffee and Comics podcast out speedily or with great frequency, but they always deliver some quality comics reviews and frequent friendly banter. Thanks for the mention and compliments, buddy. Hey, thanks for the mention and compliments. You're right back at you, Greg. Because I can't do this without all of you listeners. I mean, I can, but then I'm just sitting here talking into the void, and I've done that for decades, and I really like the interaction, but a little bit better. So that's it for this episode. This seems to be one of the shortest ones since I began, but that just means you have more time to enjoy the coffee on your coffee break. So, what will the next comics be? I don't really know, but I do have some fun ones planned, I'm sure. You know, whenever I think of them. Oh, fun times. So anyway, until the next episode, this is and always will be the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. 